You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into <laughs> it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts. Hello and hello to everybody on live. Welcome to a live recording of your favorite ants, the show where me and and Sarah uh, answer your cues about life. Great questions. Yep. About love. Today we're talking about money. Honey. Honey, money, honey, money. Who's got it? Who wants it? Who needs it? I think the answer is we all, maybe we don't all want it. I'm sure there are monks, but they're not listening to this right now. I want it. I want money. I want to pay off my bills. And I've told people this. People think I'm joking, but I'm not. I want to be rich enough to pay off all of my debt and then all of my family's debt and then all of my friend's debt and then just keep going. I want to be that kind of person who's like, oh, you got student loans? No, you don't. Oh, you need top surgery? Here you go. That's what I want to do. Aw, I love that. Yeah, that's literally why I want to be rich. So not only do you want to be people's favorite aunts, but you also want to be like everyone's favorite god, like fairy godmother. Yes, and everyone's favorite god. I do want to start a religion in my (laughs) name. You caught me. You caught me. Um. Well, how the, how the hell are you, Sarah? Welcome back to another um, Friday. I see you yeah. looking, you got a nice lip on, you're drinking Topo Chico, you look like you are Is low-wing. my Topo Chico spiked? The answer is yes. Thank God, mm-hmm. thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, um, it's, it's a good day. Uh, you started, we started today by you eating an apple into the mic for me earlier. Which I will um, not recreate on camera because that's a little gross. Yeah, so. I started my day at the beach with my dog, which was so good, uh, which explains why my hair is oh so big. Um, the wind. I thought it was a wind. very, I thought it was a very nod to your southern heritage, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, big heritage, get High, it? Higher to, close, higher to heaven, closer to God. Oh my gosh, we should start a salon called Heritage. Write that down in our book of ideas, because we always <sighs> have good ideas. You well, hate that- it. I hate it because the first thing it makes me think of is like when people say it's not hate, it's heritage. Oh, you know, that's fair. Now, granted, the pun is immaculate. So as long as we pronounce it heritage, heritage. Yeah. So I took my dog to the beach this morning. It was really great. Then I went to a taco place. It's my favorite taco place, which happens to be attached to my favorite uh, cold brew place. So I just need you to know. Your girl had a incredible cold brew and an incredible breakfast taco. Uh, I'm very jealous. I'm not going to lie. I'm living. I'm living an okay life. I'm living a pretty good life. Um, I'm right with the Lord, clearly. Mm. Um, Yes. But it was it was a rough it was a rough week. I had my second COVID-19 vax. Congratulations, though. Thank you. Thank you, science. Um, but I uh, didn't do so well. I didn't fare well. I was really sick. So. You fared poorly, if you will. Poorly. Mm-hmm. I did great. I went out to dinner with two of my friends, and uh, they're fantastic. And then about 8.30, I got home and started shaking and felt so sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't cute. And I would like to say this. Uh, what I, would you like to had, say? I like to say this. I started panicking in my body um, and I couldn't figure out like, why am I panicking? Part of it probably was the fever. And the other part was the realization. I think I was having some um, muscle memory from when I had COVID-19 in November. Um, Mm. There was a night where my numbers went really, really low and I wasn't doing well. And my father, who's a physician said, I need you to tell me who can take you to the hospital. Should it come to that? And I didn't have an answer. And I called a couple of my friends and their responses were like completely legitimate. Right. Um, You know, the whole idea of like like, like, completely like legitimate in the I feel scared to do that. 
I can't like, do that because I, I couldn't take you to the hospital because, you know, I live with my mom. She's immunocompromised okay. or I have my kids right now. I can't leave them here. Yeah, because you said, them in the you said legitimate, but you didn't actually qualify what that meant. I don't Sorry. know. Yeah. So I had one of those moments where I just kind of panicked. Um, mm. and because I realized if I was going to crash, um, the sadness of the story, my friends who are nurses have told me so many stories of people who brought themselves to the hospital in an ambulance and had no one to take care of them. And so I had that moment of like, oh, as a single human who lives alone, if I'm going to take myself, if something's going to happen to me, I have to take care of myself. And so I had that moment, I'm not going to lie to you, when I was, um, you know, experiencing the vaccination side effects, I, I think my body panicked in a, in a more significant way, because I had that memory of just how scary that was to think I could get, I could, something could happen to me and no one will know for a while. Mm. That but is scary. A, along those lines, I have a great, <laughs> after seeing that, I just want everyone to know I have a great security system. So don't try to, don't try to come up in here. <laughs> I'm just saying if something medically were to happen to me, no one would find out for a while. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad you're not sick no more. I know me too. But that my point awful. is this, my PSA is this, check in on your friends that are single and live alone. Um, I think we often forget um, because people are independent that they may still need you to check in on them. I never forget. Who's forgetting? Who's forgetting? I mean, you and I aren't, but I think that's because we fit in that category, love. I, I, uh, I don't know. Someone also, just texted me and said, hey, Richard, this is Uzma. I'm like, <laughs> Don't know who you are. Don't Somebody gave you. a fake number last night and you are now receiving the benefits of oh, that. Oh, I accidentally, I didn't accidentally. I gave a guy on a, a dating app my number and he went stage five Klingon real quick and I haven't texted him back. <laughs> he doesn't know why I'm not texting him back. But also I don't plan to tell him why I'm not texting him back because oof, don't ask me about my dreams in text message form. Ask me that after a drink. Ooh, you know, yeah, also, that's a lot. This is just a PSA. I hate it when guys lead with, hey, handsome. What? Ew. <laughs> handsome? You I know, mean, yes, I know that I am a striking human. You are a striking human. But that, like, I just don't like it. It feels sleazy. It feels generic. Like, just ask me a question first. Tell me you like my hair. Compliment, like, and I know a lot of people don't want to com like compliments on how they look. I do. But, yeah, not the, but not the general thing. Handsome, handsome is like, it's just like, I, I know that this is a podcast and people can't see my face, but it's like, how would you describe this face? Oh, like you bit into a lemon. Yes. And it's old. It's a nasty lemon. It's not even it's a good a lemon. It's a nasty lemon. There's not even like a little, it's like a little, like you're even expecting maybe the tanginess of a it's lemon bitter. and then it a wasn't bitter there. Lemon. It was just, yeah, a bitter lemon. Yeah. Yep. So I'll say, don't call me handsome. Unless you know me. Uh, and um, anyways, I am, however, possibly going on a date tomorrow with a man. Uh, he builds tiny homes. So I'm excited. <gasps> no, no. I need you to make this work because, as you know, I'm working on my Airstream. So and it's all about me and what I get out of right. our friendship. Absolutely. So possibly. Yeah. Also, like a carpenter would be great for me if you could find a tiny home builder amazing thank you please make that happen yeah just a lot you know just people to help you out that sort of thing and it's great like you know i think like in your 40s you definitely got to make it about you because like who who is you gonna make it about i mean i just dipped my toe in the 40s guys it's scary it's a scary world out here my hair is stuck to this microphone things are happening um i'm really glad i'm gonna be honest that you're still talking to me um because you're really famous now as of oh, this shut morning the fuck up. <laughs> You're a famous Christian artist. I'm a Christian trending, recording artist, everyone. Who is trending on the charts. Uh, so how the hell are you? Today's been fun. Not going to lie. Oh, um, my gosh. When you texted me that, I was on the beach. I got the text. I just started. And I was like, yes. Yes. Um, I, um, it was pretty crazy because, first of all, it was like just... Grace texted, okay, full context. Grace Baldridge, aka Sumler, who dropped Preacher's Kid last month, um, asked me to write a blessing because one of the pieces of feedback, one of the comments Grace got was, 
this isn't a good Christian album because it doesn't have enough worship. There's like no overt worship of God on it. And so Grace is like, I take that very seriously. And so Grace um, wrote a song and the first lines are, I'm fucking gay. Thank God for that. I uh, heard that song actually because you had uh, posted the thing for me. And so I looked it up and I was like, ooh, okay. TGFT, baby. Um, so I was just pretty pumped about that. And I did not know it was going to be. Now, the thing is, is like uh, my track on there is the only one that doesn't have any explicit language in it. So therefore, mine is the only one from this like, you know, little small EP that's charting. And we have a theory that after the last time it happened with Grace's music, that they're now like, oh, it's explicit. Can't be on the Christian charts if it's explicit. Right. Oh, so that they can, they can figure out a way to. So, yeah, like, so the, so the reason it's probably not charting and mine is charting mm-hmm. is because of that, of mine's the only one without cuss words. Got in it. it. So I'm basically going to claim that if it weren't being suppressed by mm-hmm. the Christian right, I am dead ass certain that TGFT would be at the top of the iTunes chart today. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, I just love it. Which is so weird because like my fi- my shit, something I wrote and put on an internet thing is now on the Christian top 100 on iTunes. What in God's name is going on, Brenda? There's so many... <laughs> There's so many living rooms that I would love to be sitting in the corner as they're like, whoa, who is this? Click, 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 click. click, click and click, then click. the shock. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't <gasps> wait for somebody on TikTok to find out who I am and be like, this person not a real Christian. And then I'll be like, I don't, you're right. <laughs> Depends on what you mean by that. Yeah, whatever. If you say I'm not, I'm not, you know, whatever everybody's, that's what I say. Sure. If that's sure. if that's what you need to get through your day. You can have that. I'm gonna go eat a taco now. Uh huh. Um, uh, we should probably jump into airing our grievances. I know you've got a few. Plenty always. Um, but yeah, uh, that's been my day overall. Fine. I am planning a road trip tour of America. So please keep your eye on my get social ready. media. Get ready. We're gonna be together in real person. I cannot fucking wait. I'm still trying, I'm playing around with like a name for this tour idea, Um, you know? And it's like, I was thinking about it. um, What what did, oh, the Praise and Rage tour? (laughs) Uh, Oh, you know me, I love a pun, so. Rage and Praise. Rage and Praise. Yeah, anyways, yeah. So... Now we're going to move on to the part of the show where we talk about the things that are annoying us uh, in pop culture, politics, uh, or otherwise. Um, This is the airing of our grievances. Uh, Aunt Sarah, what do you have this week? What are you needing to complain about? What's what's boiling and blistering your biscuits? I think uh, what is boiling my biscuits is that we, um, you know, we had like a moment where we could breathe just a little bit. We could just a little bit breathe after the George Floyd. um, Derek Chauvin's conviction. Verdict, yep. And and then there's just been more and more violence um, against our uh, black siblings, our brown siblings. And it feels, oh, it just feels like Mm -hmm. there is no, but we know that's always been the case, right? All of us. A lot of folks uh, were saying to me, and I agree, that it, it couldn't have been justice, right? Justice would have been that those deaths didn't happen. So it's not justice. It's just accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that our black and brown siblings carry in their bodies all the time. So yeah. I think um, I walk around with that. And then the but people, but this, but that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, whenever you use a but, you're a but. Like... Yeah, they were killed by the police, but <laughs> yeah, you just there, turn into a there giant is ass. no that's the thing. There is no but after that sentence. That should be a period right there, right? Because the police are not supposed to execute people. Yeah, like it. It makes no sense that people are dying at traffic stops. It makes mm-hmm. no sense that people who are calling for help are getting shot by police. It makes no mm-hmm. sense. Like, even just on a plain logical level, unless 
it's a systemic problem, in which case it makes perfect sense. And I think one of the biggest things that's been highlighted is training. Yeah. Um, training is needed. Uh, I mean, there's so much, there's so much to say in that. And so that's been, I, I realize that's also been a big part of what's been, I've been feeling in my body and just thinking through and then how do we support people? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my grievances this week. Um, yeah. So that'll be my first one. What about you? What do you got? Um, I thought it was, well, this is a, kind of like a grievance slash. I can't believe this actually happened. Um, uh, so one of the persons who was killed Dante, uh, mm -hmm. very shortly, uh, or very recently. Um, and the whole thing was the officer who shot him could not, apparently is like, I didn't know I was holding my gun and I thought it was my taser. Right. Um, and Pat Robertson of the 700 club holds up a gun and a, and a fucking, uh, taser and says, I don't know how you could mess this up. Like if this, like if this is what's happening, Something's going wrong. And Pat Robertson is the motherfucker who blamed, uh, you know, hurricanes on Disney gay days. And he also gave, <laughs> he like, you know, blamed like the earthquake Lest in Haiti. Lest we forget. Lest we forget that the mm -hmm. gays caused Hurricane Katrina and all the hurricanes in Florida. And he also blamed uh, Haitian people for making a quote unquote pact with the devil. Uh, and that's why they got the earthquake. I'm like, or their island was sitting on a fucking fault line. I don't know. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Crazy. But Pat Robertson of all fucking people is recognizing that there is something else like that. that there's something wrong. And that feels strange. I'm not. It's, like, it's one of those things. I don't want to say that I'm thankful for it, but I'm also not not thankful for it. You know, yeah, I will, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, like I'll take progress whenever I get it, but also fuck you, Pat Robertson, you're a dick. Um, <laughs> oh, I want to say something, but I know you'll get mad. Such as? That would be a great t-shirt. <laughs> I'm not going to get mad. I'm just going to roll my eyes at you and say, sure, Sarah. <laughs> now that would be sure, a great t-shirt. <laughs> that, that, that would actually, people would actually know what that meant. If you and I were together, you just had a shirt that said, sure, Sarah. <laughs> And then has a picture of you going. Oh my God. That's gonna that's gonna be the thing. Um, so I just want to say to uh George Floyd, we speak your name. Uh Mika Bryant, we speak your name, Andrew Brown, we speak your name, Dante Wright, we speak your name. We love you. Um I need to Google how to pronounce her name real quick. I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Cause someone someone actually tweeted that. Let me look it up real quick, just so I don't fuck that up, because she deserves me. Gosh, I think that's a hard thing, too, is having a name that's difficult to pronounce um, and having to, I was just thinking about, like, the constantly having to correct people um, mm -hmm. on how to pronounce your name. Um, it's a it's a difficult reality. I have a bunch of friends whose names are, um, like, I have one friend who always just says, just call me Tom. Mm -hmm. Mm. because it'll be easier for you. And I just think just because it's easier for us, that's not, you know, I work really hard to learn how to pronounce people's actual names, which is like the scariest mm. thing for me because I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Like when I'm baptizing kids, I'm always like, don't say the wrong name. Or if I'm doing a funeral, don't say the wrong name. Or if I'm doing a wedding. Oh, dude, let me tell you what, like, been there, done that. Uh, oh, here we go. Makia. 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 That's how you said it before. Oh, good. Thank you very much, Jazz. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that. In something that is completely different and completely mm -hmm. light, um, one of the former contestants of The Bachelor came out as a homosexual. I heard. Uh, now, granted that this was last week, but we didn't get to have a conversation last week because I was traveling. Um, but Colton Underwood came out the closet on like national television and then so I'm going to I'm going to put the whole thing and then I'm going to put a little bit of like compliment sandwich and then okay. I'm going to get to the meat of what I have to say about this. Okay. So Colton Underwood comes out announces that he has like um a gig on like a a show on Netflix where he says my life as an out gay man and he's going to have a gay mentor figure or a gay guide and it's Gus Kenworthy. 
who came out like a minute ago himself. <laughs> um, and so this is what I want to say. So he a, stepped out of the closet and then like reached his hand back and just like the next person in there grabbed yeah, him. Gus, yeah, Gus Kenworthy was like, no, you go out there. No, so, you. I, right. And, you know, we I live for any moment that a queer person is able to come out and, you know, Same. live their truth. Mm -hmm. I think representation is still great because mm -hmm. it's still like, you know, normalizing queerness for folks is great. And however, comma. You're I'm glad he's come out, but just like what it's very interesting, like, you know, like like we, we talk about coming out stories like there's no technically a wrong way to come out. But it's just, it is for me, I just can't help but note the differences between someone like Colton Underwood and Gus Kenworthy, who are the, you know, they are, they are what, when people think about gay culture, about queer culture, they think about them, a white cis gay dude who is the most acceptable, the most easily thing. And also just like they fit into the mythical norm, except for, every, except for homosexuality. And that level of privilege really gets you somewhere. And so it's like, you know, even if you are going out there, why couldn't you get like a different queer guy? Why couldn't you get like a, a trans person or like a brown non-binary person to, to show this new, newly out gay man that queer culture is not just about white mm -hmm. cis you know, feeling, yeah, sure. But like who better to teach you to be yourself than somebody who has had to fight to be themselves and also show a broader representation of what queerness can and should be because all this is doing, the only people who are watching this are people who watch The Bachelors, you know? Right. And, and who watch The Bachelor is mostly white women, mostly white straight cis women. And so it's just like, I don't want another thing for, you know, the straight gay, the, the straight gays, G-A-Z-E, to just like commodify and like make it very palatable. It's very, it feels very HRC. And I bet you he's going to get some sort of like vis glad visibility award just because, you know, it, it, for me, this is like, I, I you know, bless him. I'm glad, he, you know, take the man's coins, get paid for being gay, do all that. <laughs> and also, I mean, come on, it's been done and I'm tired. And at the same time, if there is going to be a gay bachelor season, I want to be a contestant. Dead ass. I think that'd be so fun. <laughs> okay. I am going to argue with you that there is a wrong way to come out. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. A gender reveal kind of thing. <laughs> like... What if it's like, so that's not, but that's not a coming out though. That's just, a, that's just a gender reveal. It's just a problem. I know, but I've heard about people actually saying, oh, I, I, it'd be fun to like have a little gender reveal where I reveal I'm gay. And I was thinking- no, That's just no, a coming out party. It's already problematic that we have things that are lighting things on fire. And we've had another one of those, which I guess- Oh, so you're talking rant. about like coming, like big coming out stories that are akin to these gender reveal parties? Where we have fireworks and things that are dangerous is all I'm saying. Oh, come on. Thing. Listen, tell your mom and cry about it like every other person, like every other self-respecting <laughs> fag out here, okay? Yeah, tell your mom and cry about it like every other. That's a great t-shirt. Yeah, unless unless you don't have a good relationship with your mom, in which case, ugh, sorry. Um, so yeah, that's my grievance. Um, I don't plan sense. on watching it. Like, Colton's hot, Gus Kenworthy's He's hot. He's cute. I don't know I would, who Gus Kenworthy is. Um, Olympic... Uh, Olympic gold medalist, I believe in skiing. Oh, is he the guy you showed me the sh you showed me the crop top photo of? No, I think that's just some guy on Instagram that I follow. Yeah, but he had an Olympic tattoo, so that's why I was thinking. Oh, no, 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 that's Tom Daly, also an Olympic diver. Ooh. And also maybe you could you could have even gotten Adam Rippon. Just like just get a different Olympian. Adam Rippon is like super femme and also really fucking funny. At least you know like like if you choose him, comedic, comedic gold. And also just like, I feel like Adam is like of all of, if we're going to pick one, if we're going to pick a white gay, he would be the one I would go with. <laughs> if we're going to pick a white gay. <laughs> if we're going to have to go with only white gays in this class. I which am wondering if we should do some like a, almost like they do for like um, 
when they have <laughs> like the NBA draft, but like the gay draft. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> the gay draft? What are we yeah. getting drafted for? We're picking people's uh, mentors. Mm, for mm-hmm. Colton. For Colton. Mm. Um, let's just yeah, give him a little bit. Let's just like, let's pay Laverne so did Cox. He, is he bi or did he not know he was gay till just now? I I think he didn't know he was gay until recently. Mm. Or didn't understand, like, wasn't comfortable with it. I don't know. But also, like, he wrote a whole book about how he wasn't gay. So, like. Oh. Maybe I should have done that, you know? Write the book, the first one, make the money off that, and then write the second one. Surprise, bitch. I'm gay. I thought the thing that was not so great was that actually uh, he stalked his ex-girlfriend. I thought that's why it was problematic. That's also the thing. People just like all the people. Like, oh my god, he's gay. It was just overlooked the fact that he was a stalker. He was a stalker. Kind of creepy, y'all. And I'm not saying that like you know we can't like you know move on. That people can't be. Uh, it's just again, accountability. That's always the question I'm going to come back to with everybody and everything. You know, I actually think that's a really good thing. It's just like people can. You know, we don't have to cancel people. We just need to hold them accountable. And if they don't want to, they're basically canceling themselves. So, like. Mm. That's actually a really great way of putting it. Yeah. It's like, I don't have, people don't, like, nobody has the power to cancel them but they self. And if the reason people get canceled is because they're doing something wrong, probably. Probably. And if you don't, and if you don't want to repent, I mean, John the Baptist is still at the water, baby. And he says, come one, come all. I love that you always bring it there. Um, We have got. I love how many of the folks who are watching this live are outing themselves as Bachelor fans. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> no, the, the, no, this is no, this is not me like hating. I like I will hate on the Bachelor franchise because it is just like I don't like it. I think it's very silly. But you know what? People love it, and pe- I also love trash television. So it's like it's not like I am any better. It's I just was my almost trash a contestant. Is something else. So, I was almost the Bachelorette in like 2007. I made it to the second round of casting, but I really liked a boy, and so I took myself out of it. So you could have been on the Bachelor. Probably no Bachelorette. Bachelorette, yes. The, mm-hmm. You'd have been the Bachelorette. I mean, that's what I was in the casting for. Bitch, you should actually. What if you did it again? Why not? I'm way too old. Nobody wants to watch. Are you people. kidding me though? Like you're so hot though you like that's the thing like we need to get like normalize being old you're uh, the thing is like you're not old like nadia just turned like 52 yeah she looks fucking bomb looks she's beautiful yeah and the thing is if we keep moisturizing and praying i think we're gonna be okay (laughs) that's how my skin stays so taut is the prayer and the moisturizing (laughs) yeah moisturizing and prayer and praying while i'm moisturizing to jeebus Jesus, I love it. Um, yeah, so I think the industry is a weird one as far as like the whole dynasty of the Bachelor, Bachelorette. Maybe, dynasty. I mean, that's what it is, right? I just like the word uh, dynasty. Uh, yeah, and so it's great that this person has come out, but. Oh, and I just said people who butt are bad people, and yet I just did it. It's not a butt, it's just an and. That's what I would say. It's, like, it's usually not butt, it's usually and. It's like, that's he's right. a great, I'm glad he got to come out, and. And boring. Give me something else on television, please. Put Lil Nas X on TV. Make him The Bachelor. <gasps> That'd be really Oh, my fun. God. Now, that's a show. That'd be like Flavor of Love. Just like. Did you ever watch Flavor of Love? Once. I didn't watch it. I wasn't a watcher. Oh, it's okay. I loved Flavor of Love because that was like that was my generation. I would watch dating shows like that. They were just so stupid. I'll admit to you, I've never been a reality show watcher. It's okay. It was a phase. I don't think, like, I mean, like, the only reality show I still watch now. Do I? Do I watch? Oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. That's it. That's the exception. Any award winning. Someone I know was on RuPaul's Drag Race, and I didn't realize it. Who do you know? Um, Jackie Cox. You know Jackie fucking Cox, bitch? Yeah, that's my friend Darius. (laughs) <laughs> Sarah, what do you mean that you know who Jack? Oh! Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Darius's. 
Sarah Louisa Jane. Do you know how much I love my selenite witch knife? (laughs) I uh, I was rooting for her. I wanted her to get to the end so bad. She was so good. That hijab. Oh, gay rage. Someone just wrote gay. That's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. That what you just all heard and experienced is like is gay rage because. So so, how did you? How were you friends with him, or her? Uh, so Darius and I um, are really good friends with Blake, and we used to every year go to Disneyland, and um, we would be care like an entire cast of a show or whatever. So one year we all went themed as, um, like, uh, we we did Peter Pan as a whole cast, and then Darius came and we did. We were all different characters from a Disney movie, like. Anyway, and Darius was um, part of that. And then just birthday parties and stuff. So I've known Darius for years. And you just fucking didn't know that he was... No, I knew he was a drag. I knew, knew she was, or yeah, was a drag well, Yeah, typically when, when they're out, is he and then right. they in is she. Right, right. So you didn't know Correct. that Darius was Jackie Cox. I mean, I knew, but I didn't realize that... That she was only, a big fucking deal? I mean, it makes sense to me. But also, I I haven't watched, again, I don't watch reality TV, but I've watched with those friends, I've watched, I know. Okay, Sarah, this is how you're going to atone for this. <laughs> you want to be ju- Jackie Cox? <laughs> We're just going to get her on the show. We can 100, I'm, yes, because uh, our mutual friends also are going to be on the show too. Wait, Tila Tequila. Someone wanted to talk about Tila Tequila. Oh. The sheer fuel barrel fat. What is that? Oh, Tila Tequila. Did, I mean, uh, Tila Tequila was a like the, the first like bisexual woman on like MTV dating reality shows. Oh, yeah. Sh- I remember. A shot uh-huh. at love with Tila Tequila. And then also, I think she kind of went like Republican stand. I don't know. I think she went off the deep end a little bit, but I don't remember. But I wish her well. I hope she's getting, I hope she's happy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think also, what into- I just did was switch the topic so you didn't stay mad at me. How? Oh, I wasn't mad. At- I'm not really mad at you. Okay. Like, that's the thing. I have really, really big reactions because I'm excited, but it's rarely anger. And this knife is just something to fiddle with. <laughs> yeah, we were on a call the other day and everyone had a knife and it was very frightening for me. I don't think. I mean, just maybe you should get a knife. Yeah. Just have a knife nearby to fiddle with. Especially if it's selenite. It's very pretty. Um, yeah, anyway, let's get so, into the questions. Yeah, people have, we title, have, we title, I have tons. We titled this episode, Bitch Better Have My Money, to talk about money and things like that. And now we have talked about everything. But... Um, is that they grew up um, only ever hearing about money when it was in church. So not even school or whatever, only in church and that you have to give 10% of your income. So their question was, where do you start? What is a basic upon basic upon basic Mm -hmm. uh, resource? This is another question I have around tithing uh, from the inbox. Can I read it? Because I think we can answer both at the same time. Yeah, time together. This is is from, uh, we're going to call them uh Junie and Junie says I've always felt uncomfortable tithing uh mostly because I live paycheck to paycheck my husband does not see the point of giving either so I've never done it or given regularly to a church so can you explain the theology of it do you feel about tithing and is it necessary huh that's a great question um start with start with yours and then we'll get into it um and I'm just trying to look up who was the person that asked me uh, about this, where do I start? So I would say there's a great book called Money, Honey. Um, it's a little bit, uh, it's geared towards millennials. So mm-hmm. it has a little bit of the like TBH language, right? And then, but, um, you know, they use a lot of like cute little puns or whatever, but it's got some great advice in there. Um, so it's a good resource and it helped me learn um, mm-hmm. the names of different things. So I would start there. A great way to, um, there's a great app called Acorn, which helps you um, oh, invest. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was 
Green Eye Dem is the person who wrote that question to me. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, so Money Honey is a good book. Uh, again, a little bit sassy, but it's a good book. And it helped mm -hmm. me learn definitions of different things. And then Acorn is an app that you just set up where it rounds up all of your purchases and invests it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have. And then also for someone like me who like, uh, it keeps it separate enough. So like I was able to save over like 3000 and I, you can also set it up to where it invests, like, you know, if you want to invest like $10 a week in it too, on top that's, of that. Yep. Um, so that's something I do. And that was really helpful because in the middle of pandemic, when I had like a little bit of dip in my income, you can withdraw it at any time. You're not supposed to, but if you need it, like it was There's helpful for it. me in that moment. Um, and I'm trying to get into a space where I'm not doing that anymore. Um, so yeah, uh, I think like around money, it's just like we have to, I recognize that like, it's not something you have to be afraid of. Um, like that's the big thing. It's just like, I feel like a lot of us who come from like disempowered backgrounds, it's like, we just mm -hmm. don't feel like we're smart enough. We don't feel like we have the right knowledge or the right tools or we haven't been, it's always just like, I'm never, I'm not enough. I'm not educated enough. There's someone smarter than me. There might be, but guess what? You're in charge. So you are there as smart be. as yeah you are as smart as you need to be for this it doesn't have to be complicated you just have to start little um okay just... that is that is the advice i would say right there um i recognized in myself that this year i wasn't dealing with money stuff because i was trying um i was trying to bite the entire elephant you know the how to eat an elephant little piece at a time i'm never going to eat an elephant i hate the Ooh, analogy yeah. let's use a different one how do you eat a pizza how, How do you, you eat, eat an pizza? extra large pizza by yourself? Thank you. Much better. A little bit at a time. Um, and when it comes to finances, uh, Kevin, you can tell everybody, I flip out. So I've always saved money. I just don't spend more money than I make. Um, all those rules. And as I transition into being a freelancer and somebody who owns their own business, um, which I should have said in our check-in this week, I am officially an LLC. You're yeah, making spaces, uh, LLC. It's me. Um, but I've been so afraid of doing all of those steps because it felt like such a big thing. And the truth is you just do one little bit at a time and give yourself to say it's enough. Like say, okay, this week I'm going to download one app. Um, and that's what I really liked about the Money Honey book. I would recommend um, getting a group of people and reading a book together or something where you each can do little steps. Um, I would recommend staying away from Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from damn damn dave ramsey he don't love you yeah. and also his, his stuff is all built up in capitalism and also and just it's like, all about living in the midwest because when he says the percentages of what you should be paying for rent i'm like do you understand what our rent is in urban areas there's no yeah. way yeah only if you want Bro. to live away from anything exciting and want to like pursue having like the classical nuclear family and if you want to exploit your workers bing okay now, not giving to a church. Here's yeah, so, what I'll say. Is it an obligation? Well, can we start with, yeah, let's start with Google backwards. What do you feel about tithing and is it necessary? I would say the word necessary is not the word I would use for it. However, do I tithe? Yes, I do. Um, and for me, it's because I am part of a um a community that I am helping to see grow and I know the finances of it and they've been very transparent. And by they, I mean, we <laughs> have been very mm -hmm. transparent and I believe in it. And I know that for me, investing means investing, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't think it's necessary, but it has mm -hmm. been important for me in this community, in this stage of my life. Now, please understand I'm at, a, I'm, I was at a position where I could, right? Financially yeah. I could. Um, I don't love when churches make it seem like it, you have mm. to invest for God to bless you with money. It's not how it works. Mm -mm. Um, uh, is it necessary? No, period. That's the either one. What do I feel about tithing? I believe in it. Quote unquote. I believe in it. Um, cause like the theology of it was really, cause like the tithe originally, like when they were thinking about it, like when it says in Proverbs, bring one tenth of what you have into the storehouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
that was to take care of the rabbi. It was to take care of the religious leader of the town, the person who is taking care of the spiritual aspect of town. And tithing was not money and cash. It was your goods. It was your crops. Right. It was your food. food. It was, that was how someone ate. That was how someone could be respond, like could take the time and be set apart. Like they're the set apart person mm-hmm. that can um, work on making sure that uh, religious practices are being um, like engaged in observed and kept and like that Mm -hmm. the community is being taken care of on a spiritual level right so when we think about tithing to a church body as in like what we have now is we are giving money to an organization that we feel is doing good in the world just so like for some people i know their tithe hasn't gone to a church since they left church but they maybe want to invest on people on patreon and you know the 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 individual workers who are doing this stuff right um, some people have turned their tithe into buying black, buying back black debt. Um, some people have, and all and all that to say is like, you can only do what you can do. So, for example, right. if you are someone like uh, Junie says, um, they live paycheck to paycheck. God is not going to expect you to give more than you can because that's actually practicing foolishness. You know, right? I think it's, it's a. It might be helpful to figure out what would be, as you're building a budget forward, what would be um, something that you would want to give toward, because mm-hmm. that is, I actually think that is necessary. And what I, and I don't mean necessary like an obligation. I mean, because it's good for us to build in the practice of generosity mm-hmm. um, for something that's like, think about like a Kickstarter or a, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a GoFundMe way of thinking about it. Um, what is the thing that um, I believe in enough that I would want to give money toward. Does yeah. That make sense? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a religious organization. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a political campaign that you want to contribute mm-hmm. towards. Um, it's just, I think really the idea of tithing is like, we want to give money back in a way or give our resources and time in a way that bolsters community growth, that bolsters yourself. And I think that's something you said in the word generosity. I think that is really really key um especially as Uh, as somebody as someone who has been on the giving and the receiving end of a gofundme man alive people's generosity is wild i was able to (coughs) get another like when i when i totaled my car in october and i needed an extra seven thousand dollars guess what came through an extra seven thousand dollars and it was exactly what i needed so i was able to get a car in addition to like what i was getting from the total. Um, I think there's um, something important about recognizing too, that you might hear. um, So when I would go to all these pastors conferences, people would always say like, oh, this generation doesn't give. And I'd say, actually, that's not true. Because if you look at the statistics, this is the most giving generation that's ever been alive. They just give to things that they can see how it is actually affecting mm-hmm. something. So like April Wright's dog rescue, if you know that this duck, you know, how is it benefiting uh, the world? Um, whether that be the environment, whatever it may be, it's really being smart to think about what you're giving to. So if you are living paycheck mm-hmm. to paycheck, maybe this isn't your time. Um, mm-hmm. But then to have something that you're working toward wanting to give yeah. to you, I think even if you like, just imagine like, what would we give our money to if we could, um, mm-hmm. And I think, and I, and I think it, and it, even if it's just so one of my mantras I keep for myself is I live within my means and I am generous with what I have. And mm-hmm. so if I have extra to give, I do. And now that I do it, I don't even think about it now. It's like, oh, I've got it to give. Yes. Let me throw a hundred dollars on this GoFundMe for someone's cancer fundraiser. You know, oh, I've got money. Let me take my friend out to dinner. Oh, I've got some cash on hand. Let me give it to that homeless person on the side of the road who's going to ask it for me because he asked me. He asked me every time if I got cash and if I got cigarettes. Sometimes I have cigarettes. Don't always have cash, though. Well, so, we can talk about the you having cigarettes. I don't smoke all the time. I took them on a trip only when I was going up into the mountains. You know, I only smoke weed regularly. Um, Someone wrote a great point. Actually, it's someone I know, April. The lack of transparency that I experienced at church around finances was mind-boggling. Don't don't give your money to someone who won't tell you what they're using it for. Hello. I'll tell you what I'm using my money for. I'm paying my bills right now. <laughs> when you're giving money. I mean, 
It's That's hard. It. I'll be honest. One of the reasons that being a pastor was really hard is they discussed the legitimacy of my salary and what other place are you going to have 300 people discussing the legitimacy of your salary? It was mm-hmm. hard of and awkward labor. and weird. Um, right. Uh, but I think it's important that you know where each, like what the money is actually going toward. Um, just mm-hmm. like on, honestly, every nonprofit you can look up and I wish someone would write it. I wish someone would write it because I don't know the name of the website off the top of my head. There's a great website where you can look up each organization and find out how much of your actual money goes towards the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you can look and see that the CEOs and CFOs are making a salary that they would make competitively in the other market. And friends, that's okay. Otherwise, you don't have great CFOs or CEOs. But I think it's important for us to just Again, transparency is always key when it comes to money. And if someone said it, and I think I was just going to say this, if you can't give financially, give of your time, which mm-hmm. can be more valuable sometimes. Yeah. that I mean, like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. Um, yeah. And so if that organization that's doing good work is your church, you can give to your church. I still give to Park Ave when I can. Um, Park Ave, and also Park Ave is super transparent about that and it's because of that that i feel good about that um but yeah i feel like that's it do we have any more questions any more i mean we probably can go we probably have enough time for that other question that had to do with vocation because i think those things go together and i'm sure we can we've got so many episodes we're going to do and we can talk more about finances Mm -hmm. and if people have specific financial questions please email Mm -hmm. us how can they email us for questions uh, you can email us at askyourfavoriteants at gmail.com. Yes. They're very simple. So um, this one is from, we'll call them Florence. And Florence oh. writes, hey, ants, I started, uh, I started work in a new vocation after losing my previous career during the pandemic. I desperately needed a job, so I found one as a secretary at a funeral home. It's a small firm, and one of the two directors is very conservative and traditional when it comes to women not undertaking or directing, which I guess is like not actually working with the bodies or something. Uh, It's kind of a dead-end job, pun intended, (laughs) as they say, without a future or higher pay unless I better myself. I, I could go back to school and become a funeral director, which has actually piqued my interest. However, Mm -hmm. I haven't told anybody that I want to do this, but I really want to do it. How do I tell the boss and the other two funeral directors that I actually have an interest in the job that I've been watching by the wayside? Thanks much, Florence. I love this question. Um, So how how do they begin the conversation? How do they even begin talking about it? I think you start paying attention and then you actually do start like Reckon, like saying, oh, this is fairly fascinating to me. Make it obvious that you're interested in it. And then mm-hmm. start, just start the conversation. Be honest about it. Um, yeah. And even if they're really conservative, I know that's really, really hard. Um, that's when you pull out Dolly Parton's nine to five and be like, if you can show me how to do it the same way that you do it, don't I deserve the same pay? And so like if and also if you have to go back to school to do that and you want to go back to school to do this go back to school and do it because why not do you want to do it if the answer is yes and i think everyone will admit that finding something that you really want to do is actually really hard in this world and so Mm -hmm. if you're finding that there's a passion within you and truthfully that boss of yours if um someone is excited about the job that you're doing um and they peak interest in it you might find that they're actually more open than they even know that they are because there's nothing more flattering than hearing, wow, watching you do this thing and how you do it makes me Mm -hmm. fascinated and interested in doing this job myself. Yeah. So just go into it, just start asking questions and just say, hey, I'm interested in doing what you do. What do I need to do next? Right. And I I tell you what, especially like, especially if it's an old white guy, if you, this is being that I walk through the world with, you know, perceived white male privilege, you know, uh, white men in power respond to power. So if you yes. come into a space short of yourself, not yes. like, and the thing is like, you don't even like, don't even like go in there thinking you need something from him. Like that's Mm-mm. the thing. You don't you need don't. anything from him. So you go in there and you just like, basically just ask him, 
And also basically, I, I go into it, this is going to sound silly, go into it with the attitude of just like, oh, I'm here to help you out. Like, I'm a blessing mm-hmm. to you. If you get me, like, I can tell, I can change your fucking world. So when you go in there, tell the boss, just like, hey, I want to do what you do. Where do I need to get started? Right. Just clear, simple as that. And if he says, women can't do that, and you say, tell me why you feel that way. I have and if to it turns say, out he's a sexist motherfucker, get out. Get Start out. Start your own firm. I have to say something that I think is really important for people to hear in what you just said is be specific with your ask. Yes, be very specific with your ask. I would like you to show me this aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I would like to get your advice about where I should go to school to do this. Mm-hmm. I would like to, because when you give people an ask that they can meet, like the number of times I have people who just, like I get asked to be people's mentors a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, and the truth is, is I don't have time to be a mentor. I would, you know, I, I like the idea of being a mentor. But if you were to say to me, if once a month I could call you and we could just talk for an hour, I'm more likely to say yes to that than I am to can, because to just be a, a mentor feels like a huge thing versus these tiny little asks. Mm-hmm. And it puts you in the driver's seat, right? To say, um, what school should I go to to do this? You're telling them, I'm taking responsibility for this. This is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. So you can either get on board, honey, or I'm leaving you behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I already do. Do you think this is a great one? So it's always have a specific need when you're making an ask. And then I love this. Someone says, tell your boss you'd like to direct his funeral because it's probably coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's a really good place to, to punctuate it today, don't you think? I think so. Um, our, I just want to say that today we didn't have any technical issues, which is fantastic. Guys, we are going to try as much as we can to do this. You know, we say as much as possible live on Fridays at one. We appreciate you hopping on with us. Most often we'll be having a drink. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Um, yeah, so, but we, sometimes we we'll just appreciate, be brandishing knives, you know. Sometimes. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate those of you who have gone on uh, Spotify and subscribed. Those of you who have gone on Apple and subscribed. It has been so fun to look and see that we have new listeners adding every week. Um, yeah. So please go tell your friends about this podcast. Share this. Um, I'm going to be reposting this live on my page. So please share it to your friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Favorite Ants. If you want to send your questions, shoot us an email uh, to askyourfavoriteants at gmail.com. All submissions will remain anonymous unless you want us to drag somebody in public for you, in which case, I mean, like, spill the tea. So send us your questions on relationships, spirituality, politics, deconstruction, et cetera, et cetera, all the things. And you can follow me across social media at Rev Sarah Heath. You can follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. My website's thekevingarcia.com. Mine's revsarahheath.com. And this has been a podcast that's a part of the Irreverent Media Group. So follow them and all of our great stuff at irreverent.fm. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Make, Make good, good choices. I love Thanks you. So much. I'll we see you, you later. Bye. We're so proud of you. Oh, you're so proud.